You are tuned in to Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Broussard, Louisiana. Let's catch up with Father Michael Delcom as he breaks open the readings for today. For those of you who maybe um, were not with us this past weekend, uh, this past weekend, past weekend, not this weekend, past weekend, um, we started a preaching series, our Advent preaching series called Born Identity. What we want to do is maybe talk about our identity in Christ that you and I have through the sacraments of initiation. They become maybe um, happenstance, they They're so common to us talking about baptism, Eucharist, and confirmation that I wonder if we really um, didn't need to reflect on the dignity that God gives us through these sacraments. So we want to slow down and kind of break these sacraments of initiation open for the next three weeks. But just to give you a, a summary of what we talked about last week for those of you who weren't with us. The namesake for the preaching series, Born Identity, is for those of you who are maybe my age and a little around that age. You remember um, Jason Bourne, he was just an operative CIA who, um, he's kind of like James Bond, he's a, a weapon of mass destruction in himself, but he has two identities. He has who he was before he became Jason Bourne, And then he's Jason Bourne. And the whole movie is about him trying to find out who is my real identity? Who am I? Where did I come from? And he wanted to right all the wrongs of a life lived in this false identity. And we talked about how there's two people trying to claim us. God is trying to claim us, trying to tell us who we are. And there's Satan trying to claim us and tell us who we are. And there's this battle going on all the time between us living in our identity as being claimed by God. We're his beloved sons and daughters. And sometimes we fall into what we would call sinful patterns of behavior, selfishness. And we're not living as sons and daughters of God the Father. It's almost like we're living a different identity. We're living as a different person. And we finally closed last week by saying, there's only one person that has the power to claim us. And that's God. But you and I can actually give power to someone else to claim us. And that's why it's so important for us to have this conversation Today, what we want to talk about is baptism. And I want to talk about baptism through the lens of the most important day of your life. No show of hands. Just be thinking about this inside. I want you to think of what was the day, the actual date of your baptism. Just think about it. No show of hands, but I'd be curious if many of you, any of you, know the date of your baptism. I only know the date of my baptism because I preached on this like five years ago and I called my mom and I'm like, okay, I don't want to be a hypocrite. Mom, go in the safe and look up the certificate and look up the date of baptism. So I was born, I came into, I say I was came into this world at conception, but I was born, I breathed my first breath in this world on October 2nd. But my second date of birth 
is November 5th. That's when the person that was born into this world became a new person, a new creation. Who I was before November 5th was completely different than who I was after November 5th. Most important day of my life because God gave me a new identity and he gave you a new identity. Those of you who are here who have been baptized, you became an absolutely new, different person. Scripture talks about the old self. You took off You laid down. The old self died in the waters of baptism and you came out of those waters as a new person. That's why the the church tries as best as possible, uses all the image to try to help us understand what does this mean for our life? We can get pretty simple with our sacraments. We can pour clean water over the baby's head and, and it works Grace happens. Well, we are so blessed to have a baptismal font here that helps us understand what truly happens. For those of you who are maybe um, with us for the Easter Vigil, we literally have an immersion process, an immersion baptism. The person comes into the baptismal font from one side, and we get in the baptismal font, And the priest says, I baptize you in the name of the Father. And they completely submerge them underwater. And they come up and take a breath. And and I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And if if I'm having fun and if I don't really care about being PC, I'm going to hold them underwater just a little bit longer on that last one. Why is that? Because if we just enter into what's happening, and this is real, who they were before they stepped into the water is dying. They're letting that person go. What are they letting go? They're letting go of a person who is the ruler and owner of their own life. They're letting go of a person who decides how they're going to spend their time, who decides how they're going to use their mind, who decides how they're going to use their gifts and talents. They're coming out of that water saying, I now belong to Christ and he is my life. I live no longer I, but Christ lives in me. And so there's a a choice, a dying. Before they get in that font, they say, do you reject Satan? Right? And all his works and all his empty promises. In other words, do you reject a life that is your own? And do you believe in the faith and the life that you are about to receive? And as we're holding them, maybe a little longer in that third one, right? They want to breathe. We're going to die if we stay underwater all the time. They want to breathe. They want to come out. And as they come out of that water wanting to take that breath, that's their first breath of real, new, supernatural life. Those of you who have been baptized, Christ lives in you. Vatican Council tells us that Christ reveals to us who we are. When we look at Jesus, we see ourselves because we are baptized and he lives inside of us. And so if you um, were able to, to just grab a handout, 
this handout's really meant for you to just to pray with and to maybe follow along with us. If you look at uh, letter B, St. Paul talks about this. Romans chapter six, verse three to four, for those of you who have your Bibles, he says this. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. If you could look at the baptismal font as kind of a grave where things die, but where things come to life. And when we go into that water, just as Jesus went into the tomb and embraced death, we go into that water and we allow our sinfulness to die with Jesus. Just as you have died with Christ, you rise with him. So those who have been baptized, they have the risen Christ living inside of them. And that's significant because that is a a beautiful, powerful dignity. A lot of people struggle with self-worth. They struggle with, with image of self, right? Gosh, people are telling me I am so many different things. People are trying to portray on me or project on me what they want me to be or who they want me to be. I have such a low self-image. I'm here to tell you, those of you who are baptized, your image, your worth, your dignity is a son and daughter of God, our heavenly father, the creator of the heavens and the earth. And you are an heir to heaven. And that's of great significance. When you were baptized, you probably don't remember this because a lot of you were baptized as children. The first thing that the priest does right after you're baptized is he wants to treat you with the dignity that you deserve. I mean, you're, you're an heir to heaven. And so the way that they used to treat kings in the time of Jesus, if you can read this in the Old Testament with King Solomon and King David, when they, were, when they became kings and there was like the day of coronation, they put crowns on their heads and they have a big parade and everything. One thing they would do is they would pour um, perfumed oil on the crown of the king's head. And it, it, would, it would talk about it would drip down their beards and it was, it was kind of a strange thing. But what it, what it was signifying is this perfumed oil was incredibly expensive. And if this person is worth wasting all of this precious perfumed oil on them, they must be important. That was the whole symbol of it. And so the first thing that happened to you right after you were baptized, the priest prayed over you and said, I have anointed you, I will anoint you priest, prophet, and king. We share in Jesus' life, and Jesus is a priest, he's a prophet and a king. And so we put, maybe the priest put it on your forehead or he put it, uh, poured it on the crown of your head and you could smell that perfumed oil. You share in Jesus' life, he's a priest, a prophet, and a king, and that's such great dignity. I had the privilege of talking to a friend uh, last week and he said, um, and something profound happened to me, I wanna share it with you. He comes to daily mass. He, he brings uh, the Eucharist to his father who's uh, homebound. He brings it in a pix and he says, Father, you're going to see me. I'm take, kind of taking notes. Um, during your homily, it's, it's 
not so much because you talk about any great things, but I have a bad memory, and so I'm just kind of writing stuff that you say. And when I go to my, my dad, when I bring him the Eucharist, um, I read to him the gospel for the day, and then we kind of talk about some notes. We talk about what you said, and I'm kind of sharing the, the, the word, the, the homily that you gave, and we pray together, and then I give him the Eucharist. And a while back, I gave my father uh, a talk, a podcast on baptism. And in there, the priest talks about being a priest, prophet, and king. And my dad said this. It was so profound. He said, son, thank you for being a son to me, a brother to me, and a priest to me. So what do you think about that? Like his dad recognized, this is my son, but he's also Christ to me. He's coming and he's sharing the word of God. He's praying with me. He's bringing me the, he's serving me. I, he, his dad recognized in him his identity. It's so important. Sometimes we don't see our dignity and our worth. And we look to the world to give us our dignity and our worth. And listen, the enemy is is wanting to sabotage the beauty of our dignity and worth. The enemy wants to tell you, no, you're really like the sum total of all your weaknesses. You, the enemy tries to claim you. He tries to think he has a right to you, that he's entitled to you. If you, um, you ever go buy a car, right? You, you, you want to get the tax the title and the license, right? If you have a title, the official title, it's like you own the car. If you go buy a piece of property, you want to get that title stamped. And if you have the title, you're entitled to that piece, whatever it is. The enemy has no claim on you. He has no title on you, but Christ does. The priest says the the baptismal rite, he, he prays these exact words. He looks at those who are to be baptized and he says, I claim you for Christ by tracing the sign of the cross on your forehead. When we walk into church, we we dip into the holy water font in the holy water that we were baptized in and we trace the sign of the cross. Remembering every time we come into church, I belong to Christ. He has claimed me. He has a right to me. He is my life. There's also a mark that happens that is placed on our soul. Those of you who have been baptized, if you had x-ray vision and you could see just the soul of each person, angels can do this, good spirits can see this, bad spirits can see this. They can see our soul and they can see all those who belong to Christ. We have a mark on our soul. It can never be removed. No matter how deep, how bad our sin is, there is a mark that we belong to Christ that can never be removed. The early church considered and looked at this mark as kind of like the, um, the mark that the, the early Romans uh, that were in the army, uh, the Roman army, they were in the legion and they would have this, this mark, this brand, literally. Um, it wasn't a fancy tattoo like we have these days. It was literally like a brand they would have on their shoulder. And it was clear to everyone that they belonged to the legion. They were fighting for Rome. The early Christian says, our mark of baptism that God places on our soul is like that. We belong to Christ. We are fighting for his army. We talk about all this because 
one, I think we need to constantly be reminded of our dignity, our worth. We need to be constantly reminded how God the Father sees us. When he looks at us who are baptized, he sees his son and his daughter. We are grafted onto Christ and we are a part of his body. But there are people in our life, and you know them, that have no clue of this. They were baptized, maybe they're your kids, your grandkids, your friends, and, and they are, they're running around the world searching and pining and grasping for something to give them worth, something to give them dignity, something to give them a sense of who they are. And they have no idea that who they already are is more valuable than anything the world can give. And so my challenge for you this week is to think of one person, one person who is, gosh, they're struggling with self-worth, they're struggling with identity, they're searching. You know they're searching hard and they're lost. Maybe connect them to these two homilies last week, this week, and invite them to Mass next week. Next week we're gonna talk about the Eucharist, how as we receive the body of Christ, the body of Christ actually comes into the body of Christ. It could be a beautiful conversation. Bring one person. Perhaps we can be an instrument, we can be a priest, a prophet, and king to them to rescue them from darkness and bring them into Christ's wonderful light.